Good afternoon, folks. Welcome to the Jimmy O Show, episode 10. Coming at you with Darius Hodges, backfield wrecker for Tulane Green Wave. We're here at the Roof Fitness and Stack Coaches Studios. Darius, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? How you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, Darius is, uh, for I think everybody kind of knows him now in, in, in Tulane world, but for those outside, Darius led the conference in tackles for losses last year. 16 yes, and a half. Yep. Five sacks. Um, Darius, in fact, you can help. You can help us with the draft uh, analysis right now. So you you sack both Matt, Matt Corral and Desmond Ritter yes, last year. Which which one? Which one is a tougher out as far as you're concerned? I think Matt. I think Matt Corral probably was the toughest. Yeah, he he a, he a tough kid. He like he'll take a hit and just brush it off and go into the next one. While Desmond Ritter, I feel like he couldn't he couldn't take that many hits and they. They did well. We were scheming around him to protect them, but I think Matt Corral probably was the toughest quarterback. Yeah, they, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, um, and, and what's interesting about that is Matt's actually kind of a smaller guy, but you, but you're right. I mean, a lot of times they put him there, five man protection. Everybody's out in routes, and in those situations, quarterbacks tend to take a little bit of punishment versus you know Cincinnati was a lot more what boot and full slide protection mm-hmm. using tight end yeah yeah six seven man protections and then and, and with the boot action you know using a play action to kind of keep you guys from because you got I mean we don't get too too nerdy on but you got to have run responsibility first right before yeah, you get there uh and so you know and we'll, we'll, we'll go back into the background all but I'll stand on that topic 16 and a half tackles for losses five sacks so really you know, eleven and a half of those TFLs were were run plays that you blown up. Yes, sir. And um, and I felt like I I started doing better with my TFLs and start growing my I guess say my statistical success when the team started coming together. I felt like those those last four or five games, everybody just started coming together on the defensive side of the ball. I felt like what we built last year is going to carry over this year. It's going to be pretty good, pretty good season for us. Yeah, you definitely saw that, right? Like, I mean, the, the um, it was tough early in the year. Now, now I'd say you got a slow start, but really, just a, a you really didn't. I mean, you, you I, I was, I was kind of surprised, and and this is a reflection of what you're saying. It's like, man, Darius just kind of seemed not to come out of nowhere because you had a couple flash plays your your redshirt freshman year, the COVID year. I guess the COVID year. COVID, yes, yeah, yeah, because you you really got three years left. Um, but the uh, but you know. I, I was, you know, as the team started playing better, you make a big play after big play. It's like, man, look at this guy. But really, when you look at it game by game, you know, you had seven tackles or something against Ole Miss, two and a half tackles for loss. I mean, you know, Cincinnati, you got out. I mean, so really early in the season, Ole Miss was the third game. Yeah. Um, but I think, I guess when, when you know, Ole Miss is trying to score 70 on us, it don't look as good. Uh, you know, individual yeah. stats only get you so far, right? Yeah, that's I felt. I felt like you know I wasn't really trying to get too much caught up in my individual stats. I really I didn't know until the end of the year I had that many uh, TFLs. I was focused on this trying trying to win. I feel like we had a, we had a set we got set back with the hurricane last year and going to Birmingham. I feel like it set us back kind of in like in a in a bad way and it it kind of messed up the start of our season. But I feel like. How much? How much we prepare? How much we work? Next year is gonna be a be a good a good year for us. Very good. As a whole. Hey, and look. Uh, so you had mentioned right before we came on, we want to talk about you from Montgomery. Yes, sir, Montgomery, okay. Alabama. Okay. So look, quick, quick little story for you there. You mentioned one of the alumni you stay in touch with is Zach Harris. So two summers ago, my family and I are traveling back from the Carolinas from a family vacation, and it was a hurricane 
threatening New Orleans. It was two years ago. It wasn't ended up not being a bad one for you know, maybe it's Zeta. Um, but you know, some people evacuated, so we stopped in Montgomery on the way home. We stayed at the Embassy Suites down there, downtown. Yeah, yeah, Martin Luther King, I believe, Boulevard, I think. Um, but the Embassy Suites there, and uh, sitting in the lobby because Embassy Suites got that thing where you know they have the social hour, whatever. So a way to feed my kids something without having to pay too much for it. <laughs> and uh, we go down there and, and then look over the table next to me. I see this guy with Tulane gear. I was like, man, are you Zach? He's like, yeah, yes, sir. I'm, I'm Zach Harris. I just, yeah, I was like, okay. So we got to talking because obviously yeah. I know a lot. So I was in your hometown with your guy, Zach Harris, you know, before I ever met you, before I ever got to know you, man. So anyway, I find that interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I'm about to say that's, that's a crazy thing. It's crazy. I have no idea why Zach was in Montgomery, but yeah. it probably was for a good reason, though. No yeah, way. yeah, they were evacuating. Yeah. He, he went with his mom and dad. You know, they were, they were getting out of town ahead of the storm that was that was around. So, because I think that's the I think that's the closest route, or it's Birmingham. It's either one. I think those are the evacuation mm-hmm. points for New Orleans. So, yeah. Now, did you grow up an Auburn fan in Montgomery? I know that that's kind of Auburn territory geographically. <sighs> I grew up an LSU fan. I, I was a really? big, I was a big LSU fan. Go Tigers! Bradley's excited back here. I can't allow to go Tigers on, on my podcast. <laughs> go unchecked. <huh? laughs> See the difference between you and I, Darius. I grew up. I played at Tulane when, you know, ninety-two straight years into the season playing with LSU. That ended the year before I got there. So we, I only played LSU once, but you, you were. And you were trained to hate LSU. Yeah. Now you guys, your generation, y'all, yeah, that's kind of a, that's kind of more of a thing of the past, huh? You almost know those guys and are friends with them. Yeah, because you know, recruiting is a crazy process. Like it be they recruit this area, and some people go to the SEC or the American Conference or Sunbelt or any, anything like that. Then we we'll meet up. Like with Ole Miss, um, Samuel Samuel Williams and Brandon Mack are from Montgomery, and they okay. play, they both play at our, um. I think Samuel played at Lee and Brandon Mack played at uh, Jefferson Davis. So I knew, I knew Brandon because we was we were pretty close. So then I then Samuel was an older guy. Okay, yeah, Sam Sam was an impactful player. In fact, talking to Joey um, on his show, he was one of I think he said five defensive ends he lined up against this year that ran sub four seven forties at the combine. <laughs> yeah, he he a pretty good athlete. He had a this year. I think this year was he needed that turning point to raise his stock, and he did. He did that. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he he looks good. And I always like that single digit down there in the line. Are you thinking <laughs> about getting in that single digit at the Joker? Uh, I, I I thought about it. We we might we might see. We might not. I we it's 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 hot. It's it's. It's highly prized. It's, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Well, I, well, I mean, carrying two eighty, it's always look. It's always an imposing look when a when a two hundred eighty pound plus man's got that that's a single number on. Yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, so growing up in Montgomery, LSU fan. So now I've, I've said my piece about the Tigers. I give respect to a program that's won lots of national championships. I give them credit. Good football program. Uh, what made? What was it about them that made you a fan? I, I, they, the whole culture they had, and then me, I was, then all my friends were Alabama or Auburn fans. I'm like, okay, you know, I want to try something new. So I started looking at LSU, then I created a love for the, just the LSU period. The Leonard Fournette, the Tyron Matthews, to I think Odell's, uh, Jarvis Landry. It's a lot of, they had a lot of impactful guys on the, um, LSU, on the previous LSU teams. Yeah, well, now, so that's a bunch of New Orleans guys, and then a guy from my hometown, Jarvis. Now, Jarvis is a lot better at football than me, but <laughs> we're from the same place. <laughs> and then all those New Orleans. So, so I guess, in a way, though it pains my heart to hear, hear you tell me you were an LSU fan growing up, I think because of that, probably made you somewhat attracted to Tulane. Yeah, um, 
the crazy story about this. Uh, I I I told two I told LSU because LSU was recruiting me through in high school at one point, and uh, I told them them and Tulane at the camp because they you know the camp they host every year. Yeah, together. Mm-hmm. I told them I was gonna come to Louisiana Louisiana Garlands where it was Tulane uh, uh LSU. So oh cool yeah and so and well, we're glad we got you um and and so you know that joint camp actually has served Tulane pretty well because we get guys I mean Darius would you have even been aware of Tulane or visited Tulane uh had, but had you not had that opportunity to go to the LSU staff or wasn't quite like that but it helped that LSU would be there I think it helped that LSU would be there because it was Tulane that had an inter- interest at first but I ran I think I ran a a four six, but I was playing linebacker. And I ran a four six, and I jumped a eleven on my broad jump. And when I did that, that's when I got the interest from um, LSU at the camp. They had it. They was hosting. They hosted this one at the um, Saints practice facility. Okay. And uh, who was recruiting you uh, when you were uh, early on to get you to come to camp? Uh, Kelvin Peoples, Coach Peoples, and um, Coach Curtis. Jack Curtis. Yeah, Jack. Yeah. Jack. Okay. Um, Jack Curtis is known to. To, to have several guys that get after a quarterback pretty well. He saw something in you and developed a relationship with you. Yeah. About to say, um, I think Coach Curtis was a good coach. You know, even though he's not with us now, I feel like he was one of the coaches that believed in me and, and yeah. my ability. You know, um, I just heard a story, man. I'm not going to remember where it was. I think it may be the University of Buffalo, but there's a 27-year-old guy that just got a defensive coordinator job in college football, and he was a men- – he, he actually was on Coach Fritz's. He was like a – you know, not even a GA probably, just a, a helper, helper on yeah. their staff at Georgia Southern. And I, I forget the guy's name, and Coach can correct me next time I see him. But, uh, I mean, 27 years old. I mean, you're you're what, 21, 22? Yeah, so that's five, that's five years of – that's that's fat. That's that's crazy, huh? Uh, but I mean, you know that 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 was one of those things these people were talking about. It's like, well, you know, he grew up. He 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 co- coached under guys like Jack Curtis. I mean, obviously, it's a name that's respected in the industry, defensive industry, and among the real football coaches. Um, and so, okay, so you know, you you get recruited. You um, you obviously turn some heads here. What? Who did you end up sort of choosing between uh, when you ultimately chose Tulane? Um, honestly. I was, I was so set on Tulane that I I signed early, but I announced my signing in February. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Okay. So I, I signed early. It was a couple of schools, a couple of Power Five schools came last minute and wanted to talk to me, but I was already signed. So it was, it was, it was wraps. Yeah. Good. And 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 so, uh, 2019 was first year. You registered that year, right? Yeah. And then I mean, you know, we had Patrick playing your position. Well, actually, were we playing Ford? Four down at that time? Was that after? I was playing in. Uh, I played in my first two years. Okay. Then I played what? Well, now I played in and Joker this uh, COVID year because um, uh, Coach Curtis wanted me to know both just in case because it was because you got the because how how he had it was the end played Sam and the Joker played the Joker and it's like it's kind of interchangeable. So he wanted me to learn both of them. Yeah. And so that's an interesting point. So it's because you could play. Both, you know, if you're watching it from the stands, at least the way we played it on Coach Curtis and even Coach Hamp, um, you know, the the um, it's almost like you said interchangeable because I mean our, our defense end in the pass rush situation might be standing up. I'm saying as a fan watching it, you know, it, it's almost like you could play either or, but that's not really the case, right? I mean, if you're if you're the end, an individual might have the ability to play both, but you're yeah. but they're defined position. In other words. The defense end lines up on the strong side of the formation, and the Joker's on the weak side. Or is, yeah, it's it's set up like that. But it might be some certain calls where 
it, it might be flipped. It's all it's all it's all kind of different stuff. And I like I like the versatility that Coach Hamp brings with his, with the plays that he brought up and like how is the whole culture he um putting around the defense. Mm. Now the way we play it, does the the Joker end up having a little bit more pass? Protect, uh, pass, drop. You know, yeah. coverage responsibility. Yeah, uh, and it's a, it's we. I think as a joker, you have to. It's basically you basically like a, line, a oversized linebacker. Honestly, that's why I feel like it is you oversized mm-hmm. linebacker. Worrying about the curl flats and the hooks and and um. Yeah, I about to say I feel like it's more coverage with the Joker than the end. Yeah, the end's almost uh, on on just about any situation. The the end is typically rushing. Yeah, the pass. Whereas our Joker, I mean, look, our standard four four man rush, no blitz. The Joker's probably coming. Yeah, but I think where the the utilization of the Joker comes in is we like to send a lot of a gap pressure. You know, you got Nick and Dorian, two all conference level guys there. You know, uh, Nick's. Extremely good, particularly of rusher quarterback from that position. So it gives you the versatility that you can you can basically stay in a zone blitz where you got hook flat responsibility or you know even run with a man if you needed to. Yeah. And you bring Nick, who would be typically a coverage guy. He's he's actually the fourth rusher. So you, you're rushing four, but you're confusing the offensive line while still getting seven out in coverage. Yeah, and uh, Nick Nick is uh, Nick is an amazing player. Him and Dorian, Nick can play. Nick can play a lot of positions. Mm-hmm. You know, then people people feel like he's undersized and things like that. But Nick is a great football player. Yeah, you know, one thing that Coach Fritz really brought to the table at Tulane. I think when you look at the recruiting profile over the different years, there have been differences, um, but pretty much always had a bunch of Louisiana guys. Always had a bunch of. Texas guys, you'd have a few from Florida and you'd have a few from other states. But I think what coaches really brought in is a real focus on Mississippi and Alabama, our two neighbors to the east. Um, and you look at some of the players, right, that, that have come out, you and Nick and, and you know, PJ, the, the, Watt, the Watts kids. I mean, yeah, P.J. Hall was here. Darnell, he's from Gaston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie Langham, Willie, uh, who else? In the, in the Georgia area, too, those are camp from Georgia. And Tennessee, because Pat from Tennessee, so I right. I feel like the recruiting he is kind of it's I feel like it's versatile. I mean, we do have a lot of uh, Louisiana guys, but I feel like now it's it's kind of getting a mix from everywhere. Right mm-hmm. now, you know, one one Louisiana guy that's that that's near and dear to my heart, even though I technically only met him very briefly, is Mandel, who's from my high school. St. Charles Catholic, Mandel Eugene. Yeah. Uh, he's not quite the same position, but I mean, y'all, yeah, I imagine you're in the same room because you are a linebacker of sorts. Uh, you got to know Mandel a little bit. Mandel, I I really like Mandel. You know, he's he's young, he's still learning, but I feel like once he get get across that learning curve from learning from Nick and Dorian, he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a great player. Mm-hmm. And um, I keep it because he he my locker buddy, so we have our lockers like in numbers, so he's on my row uh, uh, in my locker. Mm-hmm. I talk to him all the time. You know, uh, his high school coach actually was a guy who recruited me. He was on the Tulane staff when I was being recruited. And then after their staff was let go, he ended up landing at my old high school, just total happenstance. I mean, he's from that area. But he's a legend in, in Louisiana football, Coach Monica, and has won top ten amount of games in the state of Louisiana and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, what he said about Mandel, and I think this this actually <clears throat> goes for a lot of you guys. Um, he said, look, Mandel's a guy – who if he was 20 pounds heavier coming out of high school, I would have had every SEC team come and get him. But because he was a little lighter, you know, maybe an inch too short or whatever from the ideal profile, you know, 
we end up stealing him. Now, I mean, you know, you see how much talent we got because a guy like that hadn't even got a field yet. But, but really, that's what we see over and over. I'm sure LSU told you, you know, Darius, if you're two inches taller, we'd all yeah. be this You got everything we want. You move like what we want, you, you know, whatever. But you're too short for us. And now you – You've proven everybody wrong, right? Yeah, and I and I and I feel like it's a lot of guys like that. Like Dorian, he was he was he was, a, he was he was a little light, you know. Mm-hmm. Nick was they probably would he probably was a little too short. Um, we had a I'm trying to think about who else. Adonis, he's a pretty he pretty he's a pretty good nose guard. They probably say he was too short because he's five ten, five right. eleven, mm-hmm. and things like that. And I feel like. I feel like that with those type of things, they put chips on the, um those guys' shoulders. Our name and they. And it made it made them to being good good football players, and I feel I feel like, you know, I think the the, the height and the weight thing. I really think people need to start looking past it because like nowadays you see all kinds of people get drafted or be, have success in college football. They're not the idea higher quarterbacks they used to be, or I did have a linebacker. Like uh, I could think of an NFL player, Hassan Riddick. Hassan Riddick is six one two two thirty. Yeah. He's one of the best. Outside linebackers in, in well, NFL he, right now. He wrecked us <laughs> back in those Temple days. The uh, uh, I had Joey on. Qu- uh, Quincy Roche got him pretty good too. <laughs> yeah, he, he fessed up on that one. That's another Temple guy. But uh, but yeah, exactly right. Look, Darius, I, I I think you would agree with me. You give me a choice. You give me two players. You give me one that's an ideal size for a position, uh, uh, average motor. You know. Uh, but good athleticism, you know, but 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 the ideal size with average motor. You give me a guy who's an inch to two inches too short, has the the right athleticism though for the position, and has a has a chip on his shoulder who's got a, a big time motor because he wants to prove people wrong. I mean, I'm gonna take that guy every day of the week for my football team because ultimately that's that's what that game about. The game's about you on play seventy, you on play seventy five. Who's still gonna bring it? You know. At that point, right? Yeah. And it ain't about how you look getting off the bus. It's how you play on the field. Yeah. Um, and so that's why, I mean, I love watching you guys out there because, like you said, Hassan Riddick, is that – I want to ask you what pros you sort of model your game after. Uh, you know, with me being 6'2 flat, it's like I, I think one-on-ones I really, really deeply watch is probably Khalil Mack and um, I'll say Sh- uh, Shaq Bear. Those mm-hmm. are two. Those are two ones I watch. Yeah, yeah, but it's very similar uh, build profiles. Issue, yeah, right. And uh, so, in terms of your game, both as a, I mean, I, w- I guess I want to talk about your run stuff. I mean, typically as Joker, your your run fit responsibility is going to be to set the edge, set set the edge, or uh, get this gap. It just depends on what's the play call and and how we uh running things for that week. It could be all kind of different things. It could be Covering, getting the B, getting the B gap from the C gap or staying to the A gap and covering that. It's all kind of different things that Coach Chandler brings to our defense that makes us a great defense, I well, feel like. Yeah, I mean, it, well, you know, and that's a response really to all the different option looks I think you get now. I mean, you can't give – you can't be predictable – for a quarterback who's basically reading the end man, or he might be, you know, there's all these inverted veer type of looks yeah. where they're reading a defensive tackle or whatever. I mean, you gotta confuse the look somehow. Yeah. And so a good way to confuse the look is the guy who lines up who you would expect to have in responsibilities. You think you're reading them, but really he's the B gap defender right there. So yeah. you're reading the wrong guy. Cause the the in the inline defender may be the, the linebacker scraping over top or even a nickelback or whatever, right? Yes, yeah, sir. Um and so 
but you know, it, it, it was were some of these varied looks that Coach Hamp gave, in which you know you line it up on the end of the line of scrimmage, but you really a B gap guy. Is that sort of some of the plays where you got a bunch of these big run stuff numbers behind the line of scrimmage? Yeah, it was a. Uh, uh, it's probably 40, 50 percent of them. Yeah, and, and so you know, I mean, that speaks to sort of a fit with a talent uh, with coaching philosophy and a good marriage where where you're actually maximizing. Um, your ability, but because the guy kind of understands your game, knows how to call a play to let you be impactful. Yeah, sir. Um, and so, uh, as far as rushing a quarterback, you know, every that's that's the glory for you guys um, is, is getting that sack. What's what do you what do you consider your strengths as a pass rusher? Um, I consider my strengths as a pass rusher. It, um, I think I surprise people with speed. They don't. They really don't. They see how they see my weight. They really don't believe I'm really that fast. And I kind of shock them out of nowhere mm-hmm. when I when when I, when the ball snap. I just jump out the ball and just and just go. I feel like that's probably one of my best things with pad. We're just going, mm-hmm. playing football. And, and and I mean, you know, turning that corner and you know, playing with the levers, you know, getting the bend and all that kind of stuff. To, um, I mean, there's just so much to it, but. You know, good speed is great speed is, is is a good place to start. Yeah. Well, I mean, so much I can tell you is a tackle. You know, I mean, so much of it is if a guy's a got is got legit speed coming around the end, you're so worried about him getting a short corner on you. I mean, you 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 may have a tendency to overset, and then now you can come back inside that power, right? Yeah, that's the biggest thing with keeping the tackle on his toes, like. That's that's one of the things I did because me go stunning stunning side a lot. People were scared I was gonna go inside, so they're short in the corner. Or some games I beat beat tackles on the outside and they're, they're they'll jump set me. It's just all kind of different things. I seen I seen a lot of good tackles. I seen I think Tulsa probably had the best tackle I played since I've been at Tulane. Um, number seventy eight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, yeah, they they somehow man they just pop out. Good, big, big offensive lines that that can actually move a little bit. Yeah. I'm always surprised. So you wouldn't think Tulsa, you know, it's not a recruit heavy state. It's kind of not close. I mean, I guess it's kind of close to Dallas, but it, it's not. It's not an area of the country you'd think they'd be able to pull in a bunch of those guys. But they, they year after year, they got guys that could play up front. Um. So Darius, um, what what are you doing off the field, man? What, what's your what's your sort of what, what are you studying? What's your plan in terms of once football is over twenty years from now? Um, right now I'm doing computer science. Um, I should get my degree in the next semester, and I look. I was looking into doing different things like internships. Um, and when I was younger, I used to always want to work for Windows because that was just something. That my mom was a, she was a technology coordinator. So her being a technology coordinator, I was always around technology, and it kind of created some of my minds. Okay, I want to do this type of stuff because it's hands on, and it's interesting. It's technology. We use it every day. I might as well get a career in it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's amazing. I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's kind of funny, you know, man invented a wheel. How many ever hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, and it took a long time before they sort of made evolution. You look at the evolutionary gaps now; they're just everything is so rapid in terms of development. You know, to think that when I was your age, you know, you barely emailed. You know, the internet was kind of a new thing. Yeah, and then to now you got a you got a computer. You hold in your hand every day. That's more powerful than any computer I had available to me when I was in college. Yeah, then it's like then then that's it's a money it's a it's a money maker. Like you can really make money off of having a, a cell phone nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, just with all kind of things that technology has brought to this world. So, 
Right. Yeah. And and so one of the things we're doing, we hear we 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 hear we we're using your name, image, and likeness. We're gonna we're promoting your brand, and and you're able to capitalize on those opportunities out in the community now, right? Yeah. And I I feel like that was I feel like it was I feel like it was a great move. You know, I feel like how 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 the pressure college athletes feel of of going to the NFL or just being a, a athlete peer, a college athlete peer in, in college because it's hard, you know. Mm-hmm. From the outlooks of people, people think it's just easy and, you know, we just, we got it good like that, but it's it's really hard, though. It just takes, it takes a lot of mental focus. So I'm glad they brought something special like that for uh, college athletes. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, I mean, the reality is, too, it's like, you know, you might have been in a different situation than some guys, you know, I, I don't know if you were or not, but like, you know, by the time, you know, while it's great that the school provides the education and the room board and, you know, opportunity to play football, all those things are undeniably awesome. But, I mean, you talking about, like, if you got a girl you like, you want to take her on a date, I mean, you you might have $700 in your pocket every month. You know, that's yeah. all, you get, all you're getting as part of your, your full ride, and you don't have the ability to work a job. And so, because you don't have the time to work a job. And, and so, you know, unless your parents are supporting you or helping you, it's really just not a lot of money to do that kind of thing. Go yeah. to a movie with a friend or whatever. And so to allow kids to to use their name, image, and likeness to make a little bit of money so they can go on a date or whatever. I mean, I, I think that's a, obviously a great benefit. Yeah. Um, the least we can do for, for guys who are, you know, making us proud on the field. So, um all right, so so let's talk about it, man. You know, you're you, you, you're a well honed athlete, so you probably you probably watch what you eat. But what what are some of the things that you really uh, love about New Orleans cuisine? Um, I'm really big on po' boys. Yeah, I love po' boys. Um, beignets. I, I think I like beignets. I'm just trying to think about all the different types you, of. You speaking my language. I took my kids there last uh, last weekend. Cafe du Monde. I'm about to see how they got some. They got the best beignets I have a taste in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably one that that's probably a weird one. People won't even expect it's Manchu. It's they got pretty good quality wings. That's mm-hmm. one of one of my favorite ones. So yeah, let me ask you this. I don't think they're around anymore. But one of the greatest things to order when I was on campus was uh, we used to get the flyers. It was Roman's Pizza. They, they still have those. You ever see that sign? They used to hand out stuff on campus. I don't even know if they're still around. I don't think so. Man, the Romans piece, they'll give you a coupon. Like you get, like, this is back in the day when people did flyers and, and paper. I know it's not like a prehistoric person, but you get like a, a flyer and it'd be like you clip off the little coupon. And one of them was like the Roman special sandwich was like ham and uh, pepperoni and a couple other Italian meats and some melted cheese, some mayo, all in a pressed Italian panini. They cook it in a pizza oven. That plus a, some chips and a drink was seven ninety nine. I mean, you talk about for a college student. It was one of the best sandwiches in New Orleans. It's not traditionally a po' boy, but y'all 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 missing out. Y'all don't have the Roman special available to you. That that was fantastic. Um, is there a particular po' boy place you like over others around here? Uh, think about one. Um, nah, it, I really don't have one specific that I just. Go get one from is, um, I think some of the best ones that come out the gas station areas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think they be some, they they serve some of the best po' boys. Yeah, now now look, that's a that's a proud Southern tradition. You know, the Mississippi they love their gas station food. You go get chicken on a stick. You go up to Ole Miss or something, but but you know, fried chicken on a gas station is great. We we got that here. So uh, you know, Popeyes is the legend. But you know, I mean, there's a lot of good chicken in gas stations around here. Um, 
Well, so so let me ask you. Th- this is an important question because we love barbecue on this one. Uh, is this is it for true? Like, do people from Alabama really eat the white sauce, or is that something that's kind of new? Is that something that you grew up eating, the white barbecue sauce? I never heard. I never heard of. I honestly never heard of my me my folks. We don't, but I don't. I have no idea what you know was. I have no idea why right. it is. So, so look, after you, after you, after you get your your, your thing, you got to go to um, we we plugged them already, but you got to go to um, Central City Barbecue, okay? And they got like four different sauces. They got their spicy sauce, they got their sweet sauce, and they got their. Well, you do like barbecue, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, they got one other, and then they got the Alabama white sauce, is what they call it. And I've seen this at other places. Uh, Pesh has 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 it in 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 a dish they have, but. But they always attribute it to Alabama, but I I really only seen that come up in the last five or ten years. Oh, um, I, I have it. It probably was something that was like a, something old people came up with. But like me, per, like me personally, like me being from Alabama, I probably if I I would have seen it if it was a thing, you know. So yeah, statewide, it, you so know, like, and it could just be is from one little pocket probably, of the yeah. state, right? You know, maybe it's just the people in Birmingham. So I I don't know. I mean, although Montgomery's not that far from there. Um, now, um, let's see. So, um, as far as the barbecue places go, Alabama does have a proud tradition. One one place that we I had to stop in because of the institution it was Dreamland. Yeah, Dreamland. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So did that one in Tuscaloosa on the way up to the mountains one time. My kid actually goes to camp every year in Mentone, Alabama. What is that's up in the in the hills area? Yeah, right up right south of Chattanooga. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. You know, I go through Fort Payne and then the band Alabama is from Fort Payne and they got pictures of those men with their beards and <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Those guys, right? They're they're interesting look they got. I mean, they got like they're eight times the size of real life, just pictures all over the town on every corner. You you, you gotta you, you gotta you like you feel like roll on Alabama, you know, you gotta put the songs on on the way up the hills. Um but on on the way there is Tuscaloosa, so you stop and get Dreamland. I know they've expanded out, but for my money, I've had it in Birmingham, I've had it in Mobile. The Tuscaloosa is the best location. Can you, have you tested them all to be able to tell me if that's true? Uh, I think it is. The one in Montgomery isn't as good as the one in Tuscaloosa. Okay, and they got one in Montgomery now. Yeah. Now, um, now the aficionados there say Archibalds is better, but I haven't had Archibalds. I haven't. I have. Okay. Is is there one that you is there one where the barbecue otherwise is the best place to get food in Alabama next time I'm going through Montgomery? Let me think of a place. Um I could tell you a wing I could I, on, the, on on the other side of barbecue, I could tell you a good wing place, Wing Master on Atlanta Highway. Okay. You make so so you keep coming back to the wings. You're a big wings guy? Yeah, I'm a big wings guy. Now I know in Atlanta they love their lemon pepper wings. Um we don't really have a defined wing style here in New Orleans. What's, yeah. what's your favorite flavor? Uh, spicy barbecue. Okay. And then, have you, uh, you know what wings I like? The Korean barbecue. I tried one of them. They was, I tried one of them at Buffalo Wild Wings. That was, that was all right. Yeah. You know, speaking of, okay, I, I got to try Manchu because you tell me I haven't had those. But the uh, Bayou Hot Wings right there behind campus is good. They're way better than Buffalo Wild Wings. Yep. I didn't, I didn't have it. So I didn't have it. With my freshman year, I used to always walk with my teammates, uh, Keelan. I used to walk with Keelan, Taj mm-hmm. as my roommates. We used to go over there and get um, stuff from Bayou. And I had it so much that I didn't got, like, got tired, tired of it. Yeah. yeah. And and then um, they had Moe's back there too, walking distance. But they they Moe's, yeah. Moe's Moe's was pretty good. Then we we used to go to Moe's. Um, 
I think after the summer or the spring camp, I can't remember, but we went my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Now, do you do ball crawfish? Mm, I, me personally, I'm not a big fan of crawfish. My dad loves crawfish, but I'm not a really big fan of crawfish. Okay. Well, I mean, I, we're gonna stick with the po boys. What's, what's the best? What's the best uh, po boy uh, style? Shrimp. Shrimp. Okay. So we like the fried shrimp. We, we we're a little off on boiled crawfish. Maybe we'll get you in the crawfish. We'll ease you in with some fettuccine or something. Get you going, <laughs> get you going on those, and then then we'll get you to the ball stuff. Maybe you just need that Bradley boils of crawfish for you get a I get a that. the good way. Sure, you ain't boiled here. <laughs> um, all right, man. Well, so let's see. So let's let's look forward to next year. Okay. Um, have you have you kind of peaked? We're in spring ball now. Uh, are you back on the field? After- yes, sir. I'm back okay. on the field. Uh, my first practice was when this was um, last Thursday. No, Tuesday. Tuesday is my first practice. Okay. Yeah, you know you didn't have to scare us like that, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, it was it was a, honestly a bad decision. I feel like. It, it wasn't it wasn't the right decision. Then I felt like it wasn't the right thing to do because how they they showed they showed me tremendous love at Tulane. You know, I got great teammates. You know, I feel at home here, and I feel like I made a I made a bad mistake. Hey, look, you know, you know, it's a good thing. My wife will tell you I make bad cho- choices every day. But the good thing is, you know, when you get a chance to to, to sort of bounce back from it, um, it's sort of, it's not always life ain't, ain't always about what happens to you is how, is how you react, right? Yeah. And so, so thankfully, we, we uh, it all worked out. You you're back in the fold. You're here at Tulane, and then so you've now what two two practices in? You're saying? Yeah, two yeah two two to three. Mm-hmm. I got one unpadded, so it had it's been three. Okay, that's one of those um, mandatory things. And then let's see, Carlos is back from his injury, right? Uh, he'll be back. Um, no, he's not quite. He he he's almost there though. He's almost there. Okay, and then Angelo's there. We got we got a pretty good group, I think, of uh, some talented guys at the Joker spot, right? Uh, are any of the guys moving around now because of you know your emergence? Uh, maybe not. Whatever. Just to get the best guys on the field, or you know, Carlos um, going to be working more at in. I mean, what, what what we got going on in terms of the the pass rush guys? Um, I they, it wasn't really too much moving around. You know, we had some pretty solid guys. Armani Dixon is doing really good this spring. Mm-hmm. Um, Key Cooper is improving. He's grown, you know, growing up. You know, he played as a freshman last year, so yeah, looking to take that big step this year. I got a lot of faith in him. I really, I really love our room. Yeah, you know, I saw some good things out of Keith last year. Early, in the year. he kind of got banged up. Huh? He was playing through some injury uh, down the stretch, but you know. You don't see a lot of freshmen that come on looking the part like he does. I yeah. mean, he, he came in with the body. I'm about to say six four, long arms, arms can reach from hip to this table. Mm-hmm. He got he, he he got a lot of he he got a lot of potential, a lot of tools. I, I feel like mm-hmm. he gonna he gonna be one. I feel like I honestly feel like he's gonna be one of the best DNs to come through Tulane. I honestly feel like that by him. Right, that's awesome. Yeah. And and then on the inside, you know, we got um you know, I think some really underrated guys. I mean, Freelu's flashed a lot over his two years, and then, you know, Eric Hicks has been a player. You know, is Al Thomas still around? He's, yeah, he's still around. Yeah. He's dealing with injury right now, but he's he's still around. You got Big Noah. Noah's going to be a young guy that's going to get some opportunities, and then I'm sure I'm missing somebody. But uh, um, we just got Pat Jenkins. Oh, that's right, Pat Jenkins from TCU. He's huh? he's, he's, a, he's a great player. Hmm. Have you got to look at some of the uh, the other? Uh, um, transfers that came in, the receivers, uh, McDougal and uh, Lawrence Keys, and and then Ashad at, at the running back position. Uh, Ashad, he's 
pretty fast. He's pretty. He's pretty good. You could tell. He you could tell he's played. He understands the game. He played it before, and he mm. he, know, he knows what it takes. Uh, the 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 wide receivers that came in, they pretty they pretty fast. Yeah. So, can, can, have we gotten them all in a race? We have to see if uh, Shad's actually faster than Tajay or not. I mean, Tajay would say, you know, he's got work to do. The Tajay set claims nobody ever get never, the nine times out of ten the first guy can't get him down. He can't. There you go. He 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 made he made some he made incredible plays. I think the UCF game, he took a I think it was an inside zone play, bounced it out, mm-hmm. made made one miss, then he made two more misses and scored a touchdown. Yeah. And I mean, look, nobody ever catches Tajay from behind. He's got great speed, but you know, you don't think of him first as a speed guy. Is Ashad more of a speed first guy, or is he kind of like Tajay, where he's a more well-rounded guy? I, I really can't. I really can't tell right now because you know it just. But I really feel like he's well-rounded. He can catch. He's fast. Mm-hmm. Tough. You know, he. I think he's a he's a well-rounded guy. And then Cam. I'm about to say we talk about this. Cam actually, even though he's so big, you don't think of him as a speed guy. Cam's actually got be pretty fast. He's got he's got a lot of wheels. So and then you got uh, the young guy and the Celestine from the North Shore in there. Um, so the running back room, they they look they 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 want to they want our best rooms. I feel like too. Yeah, I mean you kind of look in in, in honestly, guys, you look position by position, you see pretty quality depth pretty much across the board. I mean yeah. you know running back rooms deep, receiver room looks deeper than it's been. Those two yeah. guys coming in is gonna help along with getting some guys healthy. There, you know, and, and Shay, Shay's got the advantage of having played in coach's system before. Yeah, and, and Shay don't doesn't drop one pass. Yeah, he he uh, he showed out early last year too. You know that Oklahoma game, he was impressed. I was like, man, you know, you because you know as a fan, you're kind of skeptical. Guy making a jump from D two, whether he can handle it, and it's like, oh, he belongs. Yeah, he he one of those guys. I feel like shouldn't not. I wouldn't say shouldn't have been D two, but I feel like. He could have played. He could have played D one yeah. ball coming out of coming out of high school. You know, well, as you you know, as good as anybody, man. And I mean, so much of it is circumstantial. You know, when you get recruited, how you get recruited, all that. You know, I was a I was a big recruit for some reason. I swear it was just like dumb luck. It's like a combination of being the ideal size and early test score and like some service picked up a me early. This is before 24-7 and all that. And was, the new, was, Huddle, was Huddle around then still? Well, no, they didn't have Huddle guys. yet. No, man. It was like – so they couldn't actually watch the film and see I wasn't that good. You know, they just got my names. So I was on all the lists. <laughs> and I'm getting recruited by, like, Oklahoma and all these places offered me. I was like, man. I mean, at the time I thought it was great. Looking back, I'm like, I would not have been recruited that well in the age of Huddle. <laughs> 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 but – you know, so it could be good or bad, I guess, is how that goes. But, um, but you know, the, um, but you know, guys like that that slip through. I mean, look, you, you see it all the time. You see guys in the league, you know, played at, um, you know, um, Fort Payne State and places like this. I mean, Darius Leonard played for South Carolina State. He's a, I think it's a D one AA uh, HBCU school. Yep, mm-hmm. he, one of the best linebackers in the league. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of players that they be in situations like that. Um, Cooper, what Cooper Cup went to? He was South Dakota State. I South think or one of those. Yeah, one I mean. one of those, and he won the he won the best receivers in the NFL from last season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, old uh, he you never overlap with him because he wasn't here any long. But Coach Williams. Was a receiver coach at Tulane. He was um, he was Devonte Adams' wide receiver coach at San Diego State, I believe, before he was at Tulane. It's like you know, I mean, obviously Mar- another one, San Diego State. I mean, granted, that's big time football, but yeah. it's Mountain West. You don't think of it as a power league, but you know, Marshall Fox, one of the greatest running backs of all time from New Orleans, went there. You know, I mean, you just talent's talent, and it, it emerges at different times. You yeah. Know? 
you, I'm sure you can think back to some of the best kids in your high school, you know, your eighth grade, they might've been all world, but you know, by the time senior year came around, you and a bunch of others had passed them up in terms of ability to play. Yeah, and I feel like with with things like that, like the opportunity, your opportunity to get to have success is like the window is small. So you, when you get the opportunity, you should take it head on and take it the best and approach it the best way possible. Because you know you might some people only get one chance, some people get no chances. Some might some people might get two. You never know that. You just have to understand your circumstance and make the best of your um blessings. Yes, sir. That's there's no doubt about it. And and I mean you know the. Uh, you know, sometimes opportunities present themselves. You don't even realize the opportunities at the time. And then you look back and say, huh, if it wasn't for that, you know, then none of this would happen. God works in mysterious ways for sure. Um, so, all right, looking forward to next season, um, you know, in terms of what, what, would, what would a success look like to you? And it doesn't have to be personal or it probably won't be the way you're talking. It would be a team result. But what, 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 if, if, if we're sitting here next year at this time, you, I say, Darius was last year's success. What did it would what would it have looked like? With all the talent we got, I think we can be conference championship contenders. I honestly, I honestly, God, feel like we could be conference champions, conference um, contenders mm-hmm. for the championship. I feel like that we have we got we got so much talent. We just we we work we working on it now. We is a work in progress. We had a rough season last year. I feel like that rough season last year. Is going. They prepared us for the this great year we're going to have this year. I'm really manifesting and having a great year with the whole team. So yeah, no, you're right. And look, man, it can turn around fast. I mean, I told other guests this, but the same thing. I mean, when we were when I we I went out undefeated, but look, we were two and nine, two and nine, two and nine, and then boom, seven and four, twelve and zero. It doesn't, you know, it, a lot of it was the same as y'all. There was a lot of talent there that just for whatever reason, uh, underperformed or didn't quite be, get the results you wanted. In a lot of those games, that second two and nine year, 96, I mean, we were like winning or tied like in the third and fourth quarter in like nine or ten of the 11 games and only won two of them. I mean, we had beaten LSU in the second half of their, their, their place. And uh, Kevin Falk decided to take over the game in the fourth quarter and score <laughs> three touchdowns. But, you know, uh, up to that point, you know what I mean? We're, you know, and it was like it was always one thing or two things or whatever. And then once you start realizing as a team that, you know, you can overcome that adversity and you, you overcome it quickly, um, you know, good things start happening. And so I, I agree with you. I mean, I think y'all, y'all got all the talent that you need to contend for the league. And, um, you know, now look. It's easy to say in a vacuum. That means beating Cincinnati. It means beating UCF. Um, Houston's maybe Houston. But look, I mean, we've beaten different times. We've beaten Houston and we've beaten uh, uh, Memphis. Memphis, yeah. You know, and and UCF should have beat them. Yeah, we should have several times. SMU should have beat them several times. Yeah, uh, SMU game was kind of like I, I think our, our rivalry game. Don't know. Houston, my bad. Houston. Yeah, Houston's. I, I think that's our rivalry game. Yeah, that's a nasty one. We we never liked them either. <laughs> uh, and then you know Cincinnati. I mean, look, Cincinnati. We we had them in a ball game when they playing for everything. We're playing for almost nothing at that point, and we got a third string true freshman quarterback playing with a hurt hand who couldn't throw. You know. Uh, and and yet we were sticking in there because of the effort of the defense, because of the effort of guys like Tajay. I mean, you know, really the whole team. I don't take anything away from anybody. Yeah. I mean, just but you could see the commitment to the unit and and sort of fighting through the adversity that y'all y'all sort of fought and scratched through despite the results on the scoreboard. That speaks a lot to character 
And it speaks a lot to collective character. And so when I look forward to next season, yeah, I can say, well, we got guys that run, run real fast. We got guys that jump high. We got guys who are real strong. But what I see is that we, I see a bunch of guys that play for each other. And I see a bunch of guys who, who have demonstrated some character because it's easy to quit when things start going bad. And you really just didn't see that. Yeah, um, I, and, our, and our biggest thing, I think Coach Fritz implied as his character, you know, how you carry yourself, uh, attention to detail, small things. And those small things is the difference from winning and losing the ball game because, like you said, it would be games we were close in, then all of a sudden it just, it just changed. It, it could have changed from a small a small miscommunication or a small mistake. You know, it's you had to be very attention to detail, I think, with football and the game in general. Yeah. And, and so, Darius, I'm, I'm a, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm going to let, let us go out on that note. But, you know, you're, you're clearly a young man who, who understands um, when opportunities presented you, you, and, and to take advantage of those opportunities. You got, you, you know, you got a mind to the future and good things ahead of you, man. So just keep grinding. And, and uh, we're glad to keep you, have you with us at Tulane. Yes, sir. All right. And that'll do it for this episode of Jimmy O Show. Thanks for checking us out. Keep, tell your friends. Please subscribe. Uh, thanks to Rue Fitness and Stack Coaching for having us once again, and we will see you next time.